0: Hello and welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. Hi guys, how are you doing? How are you doing out there? How are you doing, Monty? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good. Good. It's been a, it's been a busy week for us both.
1: It has indeed. Yes, we've had lots going on.
0: We are. We, we're we're in a, a Second Cherry Towers at the moment, but, but the new <laughs> Second Cherry Towers. The
1: new Second Cherry Towers. My new home in East London, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So we've gone from North to East London. So. Mm. And here we, are. here we are,
1: and we are bringing you uh, an exciting third episode in the Second Cherry Podcast, and this week we are going to go about as north as we can go, and we're going to go to Iceland.
0: Yeah, pretty much as north as we can go. First, Monty, let's have a look at the national final format, give us a bit of a... Uh, Give me a lowdown on, on Songvækjæpjinn. Sure,
1: Songvækjæpjinn uh, is the Icelandic selection. It, this year was the 14th year that that format has been used to select the Icelandic entry. And the final was held on the 2nd of March and it followed two semifinals on the 9th and the 16th of February. The first semi finals, uh, the, the two semi finals rather, were held in a conference centre, so a little bit like Harrogate in 1982. <laughs> nice. um, but they move into uh, Iceland's biggest arena, which is called, It is called. let me have a look, the Laugods Hall. The Laugods Hall, it had seats 11,000 apparently. Wow. So, you know, if we ever need to go to Iceland for Eurovision, we'll be all right. We might be all right, yes, yes. So that was the format and uh, there was something interesting in the Icelandic format I think because the the songs are released in Icelandic and then if the artists want to perform them in English for the final they have to release an English version of them as well. So we get to hear in advance an Icelandic and an English version if there's going to be Uh, one for that and I think that's quite interesting to sort of compare and contrast
0: yeah because there's never a direct translation and sometimes a song can translate its meaning without having to know what the lyrics are saying so it's it, it can make or break some songs.
1: Well, I just want to point out one song there actually, uh, before we go any further. And that was a song called Daniel Oliver. Now, Daniel Oliver, um, he was in the first uh, semi final and he sang a song called Samt Eki, which translates as not really, but the English title is called Licky Licky. <laughs> Now, I can get my tongue around most things, but this was a slightly odd lyric, I thought. Uh, We've had to look it up on the internet to see what that lyric is. And it says, Want everybody to see you licky, 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 like you're the ice cream for me. So licky, licky, licky. I want to see you succeed. And that's achieve rather than anything else that that might be interpreted as with licky-licky as a uh, as a lyric there uh, so keep on feeling this beat sometimes maybe it's better if they stick to Icelandic yeah, yeah. that, that
0: or sometimes I think maybe that is a direct translation <laughs> yeah I think that probably sounds better in Icelandic
1: goodness only knows anyway it's um I think we came to this national final with Iceland in but a bit of a state, really, to be honest. They hadn't had very much luck of late at Eurovision. And I think they'd had some of the blandest entries, and they hadn't qualified for, for five years. So it was Punk, if you remember the song No Prejudice, back in 2014, which is the last time that they qualified. Wow. And so they had five years in the, um, oh, sorry, four years in the um, semi finals. Um, and really, I think the quality of those songs, with the possible exception of Greta Salome, was just abysmal. I'm not really surprised that they didn't qualify I, for, I have for a, those years. I
0: have a bit of a relationship with the 2015 entry, Unbroken. It kind of, it reminds me, uh, I have sort of like a personal reason for loving that song. So okay. I really like that song. It, I mean, the re- it definitely didn't deserve to, Qualified because she sang it Nick yeah. live um, which is a shame because the song was actually quite kind of you know, bubblegum pop type and froze if you if you remember she sort of dressed up like frozen she had no shoes on. I don't think and, yeah. um, she
1: was a little sort of elfin yeah, girl wasn't she
0: yeah it was, cu- it was quite lightweight but it was a great song so yeah but I think you're right um, Greta Salome was so unlucky really and that was a shock when she didn't qualify
1: the only others, 14th though so not even that close in, yeah. in the semi-final. But I think last year, I mean, they, they sent Ari Olafsson, and Ari was such a lovely guy um, when you saw him around. He was just really friendly and personable. But my God, they give him a dog of a song mm. to take to Eurovision. Uh, one that was completely uh, uncompetitive and it wasn't really any surprise when they finished 19th. So this year... They needed to do something different. Shake it up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think they managed to shake it up just about as much as anybody could yes. uh, when they selected Hattari to send to Eurovision. What can we
0: say about Hattari? They, they were divisive. We've spoken about that before on mm-hmm. the podcast. I'm not sure people understood fully what they were about. I think people heard it was a load of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... The visuals were interesting, you know, the BDSM on stage, mm-hmm. but there was, it wasn't a song about hate, it was actually a song about love. But that misunderstanding, I think, kind of hurt them a little bit
1: sometimes. Absolutely. And I, I think people didn't realise that actually they were a performance art group. Yeah. The whole thing was a, a, a performance, and there was actually much more to the performance than just what you saw on stage. So they'd set themselves up with a false. Icelandic brand that was sponsoring them, which of course was sort of ironic given they're an anti capitalist group yeah. and they had this uh, supposed brand of uh, spring water that was sponsoring them. Um, and when you looked into it, uh, the spring water was, um, uh, it was called Soda Dream. So it was a bit of a play on Soda Stream, uh, which I believe used to have factories in now occupied. Um, territory in um, in Israel, uh, and um, they they also um, said that the spring water was coming from a reservoir in Iceland, which has been polluted by industry. So there's all this going on in the background that I think people, if you if you bought into the hatchery um, project, which many people did, I mean, they did. They, they, This was a song that I think surprised so many people because it really cut across. Um, lots of demographics, I mean, you had your, you know, your sort of schlager-loving fanboys who were really, like, you know, backing Hattery all the way. Um, and you wouldn't necessarily have expected that. And I don't think that they were doing it just because there was a bit of bummage on, on show from <laughs> Um But um, I think, you know, people really um, responded to this. And I think it was exactly what Iceland needed. Um, I mean, we saw um, that they came 10th in the final. Um, so it was a real return. Uh, it's the first time that Iceland's been in the top 10 since 2009. Wow. And actually, that's when they achieved their joint Best Result Ever in 2009. And also 10 years before that in 1999, with Selva all out of luck and uh, Johanna with Is It True in 2009. And of course, because those years ended in a nine, People were speculating, would this be another year that Iceland would come second because the year was ending in a nine. But no, they didn't. They came 10th, which I think was a very respectable place. And I think the gamble paid off. There was the decision to be bold about what you were going to send to Eurovision and to do something. I mean, they really threw everything at this. Mm. They they weren't half-hearted about this. And even though it was divisive, that's the kind of sort of boldness I'd like to see from the UK, I mean, we were talking about that in the last episode, mm. but that's the uh, that's definitely the kind of boldness and you know just being so different that I'd really like to see um, at Eurovision.
0: Yeah, you know, live and die by the sword. You know, go, you
1: know, go big. Absolutely. So, what are the other songs? I mean, I, I guess it's. It's difficult to know where to start assessing the the also brands, um in a final that you think did actually choose the right song to go to Eurovision, but of course that's what second cherry is all about. We're going to run you through some of the uh, songs that we that we didn't get to go to Eurovision, and we're going to pick which of those is going to be our second cherry for Iceland. <music>
0: So the Second Cherry team got together at Second Cherry Towers this week for a bit of a viewing party. So we had Yuha, Russell and Jodie with uh, Mikael sending his apologies and giving a few comments. So let's jump straight in. So our first act is Friedrich Omar and with his song, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce that, so over to our resident linguist.
1: <laughs> well, I'll see if I can pronounce <laughs> it. My, my Icelandic isn't what it could have been. Fad ef ejet eki elskat. What if I can't love? By Frederick Obar. <laughs>
0: So that was Friedrich, I don't know what you think Monty, but I can see a comparison here where we know he didn't go to Eurovision, but if he did, with this song, it's gospely. there's some similar camera shots to that of Swedish entry this year, John Lundvig. Oh. The fact this is a bit gospel-y, I wonder whether they would have been, you know, you make these comparisons when you have similar songs at Eurovision, I think this would have fared badly.
1: I think I tend to agree. I mean, it's nice to see Friedrich back, obviously, when we have um, previous Eurovision contestants coming back to uh, the contest. I think it always piques a bit of interest in the fans.
0: Yeah. He Um, was just to say he was part of Euroband from 2008.
1: Yes. And he's been in and around Eurovision a few times uh, since uh, also as a backing vocalist. So I think people were looking out for this. I think, you know, when, when Friedrich and when Hera's names were announced, I think people were really um, looking to see what they'd bring mm. to the competition, particularly because we hadn't had a great song from Iceland. And so people were going, actually, these are two very, very popular performers. Let's see what they can bring. I, I Yeah, I get what you're saying about the the um, the... the Gospelly John Lindwick connection. Mm. Um, a little bit more pared back, though. I quite liked the presentation. The presentation, he was standing in sort of lights, like sort of laser lights almost forming like a uh, sort of a round... Not a cage but a kind of a pattern around him. Mm. And that's actually felt like quite a sort of a leap forward for the Icelandic final. I thought that the um, the quality was actually quite good and the the production was, was quite good this year. But I think you're right, I don't I think if this had gone to Eurovision I think it would have struggled to qualify and it just wasn't as bold. A move as sending Hatteberry. Yeah. Um, it did come a, a relatively close second, though. Um, it actually it won its um, it won his semi final by a huge margin. Um, he had got almost fifteen thousand votes. Um, and uh, the second uh, place saw got just under four thousand. So it was a massive yeah. amount of support for him. Then um, he was well and truly beaten by Hatteberry. In the first round of the final, um, at uh, 25,000 to 47,500. But when it came to the, the super final, when they they pitched off together, I mean, he Hattaru was still well ahead, but um, in the second round of voting, there was 62,000 versus 52,000. So a lot of people kind of voting for Friedrich, maybe because Hattaru was so divisive, yeah. Um, but Friedrich was uh, very, very clearly the second favorite. Um, in Iceland this year,
0: I think. And let's be clear. I think we both think that Hattery was the the correct selection for absolutely for Iceland this year. They got it right this year for mm. sure. Yeah. But Friedrich, well, you know, it he, he was a good, it was a good showing for him, really, to to get through to the super final. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I, you gotta be. Pleased with that, not you?
1: Really? Absolutely, absolutely. So, moving on, uh, the and we're going to talk about the songs in the final, first of all. So, um, the next song is Fighting for Love by Tara Moby. No, I'm Now, this one caused us a bit of discussion, didn't it? We uh, There was a bit of division in the team amongst this. But we like that because uh, we have a diversity of views um, here. So I I like this. I thought it was a nice, fun, little up-tempo pop number. I mean, who doesn't like a girl who looks like she's sold her old gold jumpsuit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was, uh, um, it's one of those story, those songs that's kind of sort of, you know, about the... You know, strength in the face of adversity. Um, that's so popular at Eurovision, but I like this. I thought it was a, a nice happy number, and um, yeah, I, I would have uh, I would have happily seen this go to Eurovision in another year.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where is was it the right time for her? Because you know she's young, she looked confident. It, mostly, she looked confident on stage. You know, it's a, it's a great fun sort of flimsy pop um, song, but vocally was a bit hit and miss so i think that's probably where you would want her to maybe sort of um, sharpen up a bit going forward if you know but it'd be interesting to see whether she comes back to the the selection process again i couldn't understand some of the words that she was saying though i think again microphone technique again so we're back to experience but i think you know it was actually quite happy when it kicked into the, the chorus the the crowd really loved it so
1: let's see if she returns so the next song we're going to mention just really briefly i think is um it's the song that got the wild card so two songs qualified from each of the semi-finals and then one song was awarded a wild card and uh, that was christina Um and in the final she sang the english version of her song which was called mama said
0: through forever Mama said take the bad take your hair so they never let you fall never let you fall I all the funny thoughts so pretty sweet as always gone as always gone I'm trying
1: to remember trying to recall what this reminds me of and I'm not really sure it's kind of sort of a, it's a fairly ordinary pop song for me I don't really there's, I can see why it didn't qualify in the first place. Um, and I'm not sure I would have given this the wild card, to be honest.
0: No. I think it's catchy, and maybe it works better as a radio song to hear it through audio, rather than an actual stage show. It's kind of a... Yeah, it sang well enough, but I can't, I can't really recall it now, um, even now. Mm-hmm yeah that's that's a bit of an issue isn't it it is originally? a
1: bit yes considering we've only just heard it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have given the, um, the wild card to the song that came third in the other semi-final and we have to have a little honorary mention for Ivar Daniels because it's it's always nice to see a, a bear on stage at Eurovision we uh, we that's relevant to our interests yeah uh, he, was, he was cute let's be honest <laughs>
0: yeah and the song again The song was a bit bland but you know Hopefully he'll return. Yes, hopefully so,
1: hopefully so. (laughs) Um, So it leaves us really with one song to mention.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna select our second cherry right now. So you heard us mention her earlier on, briefly. She was one of the biggest stars that was returning to the process, to the selection process and really was uh, not the strongest song um, that we know that she's done before but um, was still quite a beautiful song we're
1: we're selecting who are we selecting one team we're selecting Hera Björk with her song moving on as our Icelandic cherry and it's not the first time that Hera Björk has been involved in the second cherry that's right yes back in 2009 she was the winner of Second Cherry. And I'll tell you what guys, let's let's just drop in a little
0: bit of audio, let me uh, listen to this. Hi everyone, and thank you
1: so much for choosing me as your Second Cherry in 2009, oh and God. give a grand welcome to your hosts this year, Jordi and Monty. Yeah, so that was <laughs> name That's check. So <laughs> In our, the following year's show by Hera Björk was uh, uh, a real draw. She really embraced it. It was fantastic. Um, she was really pleased uh, to have um, to to have won our, our little show in here in London. But she was um, she was representing Denmark at the time, mm. not Iceland. So, uh, she she gets about Desire Hera. So it's really—I mean, how could we not have Hera Björk when she's, uh, you know, a previous winner um, of Second Cherry? She's back to get another chance, a third bite of the cherry, if you like.
0: Yes. So, well, let's let's hear it. This is it. This is our cherry. So there you go. That is the Iceland cherry that the team have picked for two thousand and nineteen. Héra Björk, moving
1: on. And I, there's something about this year that was, um, you know, if even Héra Björk returning as a fan favourite can't beat, can't stop Háttry. I think it just shows the, you know, the power that that, that was there behind Háttry. But we've got Héra. Now it would be fantastic to see Héra back at Eurovision again. And um, It would feel quite fitting if it was Hera that took us to Reykjavik Mm. with an Icelandic win one year. I think lots of fans have discovered Iceland over the past few years. I'm really desperate to go. I've never been and it's like one of the top spots on my bucket Mm. list and I, I really, really would like to go. It's a bit sulfuric, people say, so I'm not sure if I would cope with that because I'm Overphobic, because that sort of stink of rotten eggs <laughs> might not be great for me. Um, but I would definitely give it a go. I would. Uh, I would love to travel there. We keep talking about, you know, would Iceland be able to host if they won? What do you think?
0: Well, we, you know, if we look at the eleven thousand seater
1: venue that they've got, well, there you go. Yeah. That's that's all you need. I mean, it would lose a bit of space, I think, once you got a Eurovision stage, mm. in, but you'd still get, you know, a fair few thousand in which was as many as you had this year in Tel Aviv.
0: Yeah, and even Malmo in 2013, that was a smaller contest and that worked perfectly well. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And and I like the fact that every year at Eurovision you get a different Eurovision. You know, with Portugal last year we had no LEDs and that flavoured the contest and what Mm. we actually were presented with. Um, That was a really interesting thing to throw into the mix. Um, This year, you know, it was Israel. They're, we had all LEDs back. Yeah. So, what would Iceland do? They would, would. They. You know, it'd be interesting to see what sort of production they put together. Absolutely. They've, they've got a selection process, so they yes. they understand how you'd put something like that together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd be really interested to see. So come on Hera, come back please, come back to Eurovision. <laughs> Take us to Reykjavik. Or bring Hattery back as well. I don't know, bring a let's uh, let's let's try something different. So there you go. There's um our Icelandic cherry and our third episode in the podcast.
0: So we just before we leave you, we just want to say a few thank yous. Um, because this podcast just doesn't make itself. Um, first of all, our logo and sort of the graphic stuff that we've had for the website is by Tom O'Donoghue. He's, um, he's from Tomodo Photography. So thank you very much, Tom. We also want to thank uh, Ross at Electric Kiwi for helping power our website and get that all up and, and running. Thank you, mate. Yeah, so I just wanted to just say a little thank you on air those people.
1: And you can head over to our website which is secondcherry.vision. That's secondcherry.vision and you can contact us. Where can they contact us, Matt? Hello <laughs> at second. <laughs> hello at secondcherry.vision. Yes. That's hello. Hello.
0: At second secondcherry.vision.
1: <laughs> you can also follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at secondcherry. We are on Facebook at Second Cherry Podcast, and on Instagram Second Underscore Cherry. We're also very fancy on Apple, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Oh, no, now all yeah. these matters of marvelous modern <laughs> technology. Um, so, give us a, a look there. Give us a like. Give us a comment. It will help people find the. Yeah, please give, podcast.
0: Me, give us a review. That helps us a lot.
1: Yeah, and let us know your comments uh, over at the website or by emailing hello, hello. at secondcherry.vision. So, thank you very much for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with the next episode. And that's going to be.
0: You've forgotten, haven't you? <laughs> I you know it. I knew it yeah, um, I'm testing you. I'm oh. testing you all Oh Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm too tired. Is it Portugal? No, no. Is it Portugal? Germany? Oh, no. Is it? No.
1: <laughs> More Balkan.
0: Ah, right. <laughs> is it Croatia? Yeah, it is Croatia. <laughs> yes. Well done.
1: <laughs> we'll be back next week with Croatia. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.